Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic today on the show. Mark Schindler is here. We're going to dive deep into all of the pre-free agency slop. We're going to get real sloppy. We're going to pour water all over our stakes, Mark. I couldn't be more excited. Just, I, I mean, shout out, Trill Bro, dude. Shout out, the You Know Ball podcast. Coming up with the idea of calling all of this free agency bullshit that happens every year slop is maybe the best thing that somebody has added to the bas- basketball lexicon in, I don't know, 60 years, something like that. <laughs> it's got to be close. I haven't been around that long, but it feels, uh, it feels definitely possible that, uh, that that is the truth. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Shout out to those guys. But we're going to start with uh, the James Harden stuff. Then we're going to move to Harrison Barnes signing an extension with the Kings. Then we're going to move to some Utah stuff after the John Collins uh, trade. Finally, we're going to finish with the Bulls and talk a little bit about their direction. And if anything happens while we're talking, we'll pivot to that and talk about that live. So I am here in beautiful Shepherdon, Victoria right now. My wife uh, is getting her MBA, as I think I've talked about on this show before, and is here for a class. So I came with her and I'm sitting in a hotel room, which is why my normal uh, background is not here. And then why I'm like, you know, I don't have my stand. I don't have all the shit. Like, this is this is crazy, Mark. I, I feel I feel overwhelmed. Uh, with everything that's happening dude relatable i uh i've traversed the uh continental united states across the mason dixon line the last day and a half back home in ohio for a little bit uh soon to not be my home i finally it's only taken me a month and a half but i finally <laughs> have it down to like two potential apartments i have to apply to both tonight i uh it's already in the like you're gonna get it if you apply type beat so um I'm ready to get that done. I am not ready to have to drive 12 hours again, but we're here. I'm ready to talk about basketball. Yeah, sometimes you just got to drive 12 hours back and forth from Atlanta to the Cleveland suburbs, and you just got to do it. As one right? does. Yeah. What can you do? Okay, so let's talk about this James Harden news. So James Harden, Sean Sharania, and Woj, I forget who got it first, reported earlier today that James Harden is going to opt in to his $35.6 million player option in order to potentially find a trade that will work for him or work for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's an interesting combination of motivations, I think, here for the 76ers. You're looking at a circumstance where they absolutely could not afford to lose James Harden for absolutely nothing. If that would have happened... 
like this entire era of basketball really comes into risk and where they go from here, where, what Joel Embiid wants to do from here, I think became a real question. So that wasn't really something that would be ideal for them if he had just decided to up and leave to go to Houston. For James Harden, it seems clear that the long-term deal that he hoped to acquire on the free agency market just may not be there. I've talked a lot on this show, on other shows, about how I don't think that a long-term deal with Houston ever made sense. I think that absolutely went out the window when they drafted Amen Thompson. There's just no way that you draft Amen Thompson to pair with Jalen Green, to pair with Cam Whitmore, everything that they have on that roster already uh, in terms of perimeter talent, and just move on and sign James Harden afterward, who is among the more ball-dominant players we've seen in the recent era of the NBA. So it's a strange circumstance now where I think that the 76ers will now seemingly be facilitating a trade. And I don't know what to do from here at this point, Mark. Do do you have a, do you have a strong gauge on where this is headed? Uh, I mean, it feels like the Clippers seem to be like the name everyone's talking about, but like, does this make sense for them? I guess it does. Right. Uh, I think it's just confusing to me because number one, I just, I can't picture James Harden in a Clippers uniform. Um, Like that's such a foreign (laughs) concept to me. Uh, But I think just more on the, if we're doing like, I I get the the jokes and whatnot that people want to poke at Harden. I do think in terms of like setting up some stuff for them in the half court and way they haven't had with that kind of organization. um, I do think that there's sense there, but also like, okay, you, I mean, you're trading Paul George for him, right? Like, I, if I'm the Sixers, I'm not Norman Norman Powell and filler. Like, that's that's not really doing it for me. I know, I believe it was Jake Fisher reported that Norman Powell was available for trade by the Clippers, and like, obviously, it takes a lot more than just. I think he's around 18 mil right now. But um, point being, like, I I don't know what that trade is supposed to be. Like, I think that it it changes things for the Clippers if it were to happen. But also, I just uh, – you're adding a guy who – when the biggest problem for the Clippers the last year, two, two three years, has been having their stars available and, and cohesively together. And here's James Harden, the guy who has probably been just about the poster child for struggling a little bit with availability the last couple of years and being at full health. So, um, I mean, to be fair, like, I, I think one of the things that's worth knowing, like, it's not just – a one-to-one talent disparity type thing. Like, I think it's easy to get caught up in that. One of the, I think that's probably been my biggest change is trying to, you know, rewire my thinking on that because, I mean, the stuff around the Clippers has been very for real. That's been prominent since before the draft now talking about how, like, they're very much looking to poke around and make significant changes to their roster because of just, I, I don't know, I don't want to word it improperly and put it the wrong way, but um, so it's worth noting that, but also it's just, I, I don't entirely – I don't really love this for any side of the coin right now if we're looking at it just from a Clippers and, and Sixers standpoint. Because for the Sixers, I mean, like, what are they getting back that I'm supposed to feel great about for them as a team? Like, I think your hope is obviously that Maxi takes another step this next year and you get back enough ancillary pieces to make it matter. But also, that's just asking a lot. Like, I like Maxi a ton, 
but I think even with noting that that Harden took has taken some steps back in the last couple of years, he still is so important for what that team was able to do in the half court. Um, and I just don't think you can fully replace that. Uh, so it's just like obviously you can get different looks, but um, I don't know. Like I, I I've still I've been trying to parse through my thoughts on this one for the last couple hours when that since I was taking a nap, of course, right when the news dropped. Um, woke up to my phone blowing up and yeah, here we are. It's really interesting to try and figure out because I agree with you. It doesn't really make sense to me for the 76ers to do this like Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington style deal for James Harden, right? That's just like not something that works for them. I don't think and Daryl Morey is not somebody that really likes to play this game often where he's willing to give up players in order to facilitate the desires of like a star. Right. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm like a little bit confused on the Clippers thing as well. Like I'm, I'm kind of with you, but we also just kind of know that at the end of the day, guys kind of get their wish in these circumstances. You know what I mean? Like guys get where they want to go at the end of the day. It doesn't seem like James Harden has a, you know, tried and true place that he wants to get to yet. But if he does want to get to the Clippers, he like probably somehow gets there. It's just that there is also no way that if you are the 76ers, that you're just taking this weird, like Norman Powell on 18 million and Robert Covington on 11 and, you know, Marcus Morris on his expiring and Batum and like all this stuff. Like it, it has to be like Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, like, I mean like picks, like I, I want like Kobe Brown. Like I, I want a lot. Don't you? Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I think what's so tough in that too, like even for me, I'd almost like, obviously you don't want to rather let him walk, but I would try and drag it out as long as possible to see if we can make it go somewhere else. Because to me, like if I'm the Sixers, like that just automatically kills my title window for next year. Like no offense to those guys. I think they're fantastic, but Joel Embiid just had the best season of his career and they, this supported guest, like, I think, you know, bringing it down to just like, Oh, well, Embiid wasn't good enough in the playoffs. Isn't that's not enough for me. I don't agree with that. Like I do. Did he have his best playoff series? No, but I think reducing it down to that is, completely unfair for me. Um, I think it speaks more to some of the flaws in the roster and him being overtaxed to do too much. Um, Like, yes, that's part of being an MVP caliber talent, but that's also being realistic and noting, Hey, this guy is probably in the five to 10 best players in the world. He just had that kind of season. It's just that hard to actually be that guy in the playoffs with when your supporting cast, isn't one of the four or five best in the league. Um, So I just, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with it. Um, I imagine the Sixers aren't really sure what to do with it yet either. Um, how how likely do you think this? Do you think this is like, like not that you and I or I have like the ability to put odds on it right now, but like how likely do you think it is that he's uh, on the roster to start the season? I know Woj t- tweeted that it's oh, likely low, he's played his last game. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean if Woj is talking like he's played his last game i feel good that he's played his last game there i yeah. uh, look he, he probably wouldn't have opted in if there wasn't some sort of agreement on that front but 
and that's just me speculating. That's not me having like, you know, sources close to James Harden or anything. I certainly don't on that, like in this circumstance. Um, let's do like fake trades, I guess. Like I'll propose things and you say how fucking stupid this is, because I think the problem is that a lot of them are going to be really bad and it's hard to come up with. Right. So the obvious one here would be Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Kobe Brown. Uh, I mean, that gets you there money wise and, for the hell of it, let's say Robert Covington. So those three. Uh, I don't have a soundboard, for but like I would, if I had a soundboard right now, I would like throw in the pusher T yeah, like that um, because that's what it makes me feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, like again, I like so, all so that, those guys that, in principle. It's just, no. That gets you to like theoretically – a core of Tyrese Max, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, you know, DeAnthony Melton with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. That probably doesn't get you to a title window. Yeah, and, and yeah. there's all been all the stuff around like uh, the. Uh, it sounds like they're shopping Tobias Harris, which I mean that's not really anything new, um, but it feels like a little bit louder at this time than it has been in prior years. Um, and I think like there's interesting stuff there, but like I just think about how small that team is when I yeah. when I'm like thinking about that. And there are certainly like moves they can make on the margins. Um, but I think for the most part, when you're looking at okay, like their top eight is gonna be Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and five guys who are six four, six five or shorter. And I think that was a big problem for them last year, is not having some of like is as good as DeAnthony Melton was defensively. Um you just need to have guys who have like size to play against teams like the Celtics to play against teams like, like how the nets were assembled. Um, so I just, I think that would be again, like it, it could be a really nice regular season team, but I also think it would really, it's not even just like, okay, well, cool. We have all these parts now. Maybe we can make something out of it. I, I just don't even think that that's, there's really all that much you can cobble together to make some other move during the season. Once you're able to that, that, makes you feel better and then you're talking about well how does joel feel about this where is he at with this when when does this start the joel Embiid is you know uh meeting with sixers brass to discuss the future of the franchise like um it's it's not like i'm not trying to like hit the doom and gloom button right now but I, i like they have to be incredibly careful in how they handle it no, 100%. I think that's right. Okay. Deal two. Let's get real stupid. Uh, Three-team trade involving DeAndre Ayton to Dallas, Kyrie Irving to Philadelphia, James Harden to Phoenix. I'm at least more open to it. Um, if I am the uh, – like, I, I think I would, I would do it if I'm the Sixers, because not that like, it's, it's certainly volatile. Um, just given like, again, Kyrie with injuries and um, like in the same vein as Harden, somebody who has switched teams quite a few times recently. Um, but in terms of a pure talent play and like being able to maybe make something out of that moving forward, I think that there's at least more credence to that, but also geez, can you, 
James Harden, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. I know it got floated, the potential of Harden to, to the Suns. What the hell does that even look like on court? Like, I actually, like, I'm very intrigued. I would want to watch that play out. Um, but, like, that's, that's kind of wild to contemplate. I think it's closer than the Clippers one, but still not good. Like, yeah, no, it's still if not you're Dallas. Yeah, like if you're Dallas, why do you do that? I mean, you, you just try and you, you would probably rather just sign Kyrie to a three plus one at like max level money, I think. Right. Yeah. And not to not to get too reductive with it, but it's like to be fair, the moves that they just made compared to being able to bring in a talent like Aiden are pretty minimal. But that's just rough process if you have the potential to actually go get DeAndre Ayton and like, oh, cool, we just made these moves to go shore up our center depth. Um, I would just – like that would be weird to me. Um, but continue. The weird one that I was kind of wondering about is I know the Lakers have said that they are going to not utilize the Mo Bamba and um, – Malik Beasley numbers like Malik Beasley is a team option and Mo Bamba has a uh, guarantee. But like, I was trying to figure out, is there a world where it's like Mo Bamba, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Malik Beasley and a first or something like that for James Harden. And that doesn't mm-hmm. work like that's yeah, no. probably worse than I mean, it gives you more expiring money than the Clippers deal involving Norman Powell does. And, you know, you probably like Jalen Huchfino more than you like Kobe Brown. You might be willing to bet more on the picks than you would be with the Clippers. But also, that still doesn't work. Like, truly. Yeah, that does nothing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to find contenders more than anything. Like, that's what makes this really hard, especially if Harden wants to stay with a contender or, like, a good team moving forward. Well, I mean, let's take it one step further. Like, I know the potential of Miami has been floated, but like, what are you getting back? Like a Tyler hero? Like I, even then, like, I think that I like Tyler hero is a solid player. Like I, I like, so, uh, yeah, I I'm glad you brought up. Like, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Miami. Cause that, that was the next one. Is it, is it Tyler hero or is it Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, uh, Nikola Jovic or something like that? Or or would you rather have Hero than Kyle Lowry? Oh, I would so much rather have Tyler Hero. Just because I think when you look at him, yes, the, the number is big, but I think I would rather have the player with that has the potential because I think you can sell teams on that more than just like, it, it's nice to have the expiring yeah. money, but I think I'd feel more confident in like, hey, we have this guy who, even if he doesn't have a great year, like we, we still have the, hey, he's 22 chip in our back pocket like i think that that matters um and especially too like i just would be a lot more confident than being able to clear some cap space up than not actually getting back like a really solid player um or a player who could become even more solid like i think i would just be worried about hey we're trading this just to get into cap space when okay well cool what are we doing with that um i don't know i I tend to just be less bullish on like being able to open up cap space and maybe I'm wrong in that, but I think just based on the way that some things are going, and this is not a great free agent class. um, It's going to be, it'll be interesting. 
the last one, I think I saw the Knicks get brought up somewhere. Who the hell knows where at this point? It's slop season. Uh, Would you do something like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly for James Harden, knowing that you have to pay quickly and that Hart and that Barrett is about to get expensive? Um. And then you've picks I, like you you can do yeah, other stuff. Yeah, I was going to involved. I mean, like honestly, I think that's the other than like other than maybe the Kyrie deal. I think that's probably the closest I would get. Um, but even then, like, why do the Knicks do that? Like, I I would never do the. That's the thing. I would not do this from the Knicks. Yeah, and based on everything the Knicks have done, like, I don't think that they like. I know, I'm not trying to discredit reporting and and whatnot, but like. I genuinely have liked what their front office has done for the most part. And this feels very counter to everything they've done. Um, So I would not get that. Um, Again, like I think a a lot just would depend on Embiid. Like, are are you like not saying, are you comfortable taking a step back? Cause I think like quickly, obviously like I love quickly, you know me. Um, I think he's awesome. I think he's ready to be a starter in the league. I think Barrett showed really good stuff in the playoffs. Obviously he's been a roller coaster, but I still think he gets a little bit too discredited just because of um, like, yes, the, the roller coasterness cannot be uh, brought down, but I do think there's a really solid player there. And I think playing with him beat could actually be really sick for him. But um, point being, like, I think that's a very clear, Hey, we're probably taking a little bit of a step back or maybe even if it's not a step back, like I do think it lowers their ceiling in the immediate term for sure. Um, so it's just like, what confidence do you have and what moves get built around that and um, what you can do in that current year. It's, I don't know that w- I, I think I'm closer on that one, but I still would probably not be too excited about that. If I'm the Sixers, just, just like a real question here, would you rather have RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly next year or James Harden? Ah, oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I actually I think I'm- I'd rather have, I'd rather have the other two than Harden. I think. Uh, I think it depends if I know Harden's going to be relatively healthy. I think I would lean that just because at the highest level, like I know, again, was not a banner playoffs for him, but I still think in terms of just having that player, but I think, yeah, I would probably lean towards quickly and Barrett. I think quickly is really good. I know quickly had a terrible playoff run, but you take away those two terrible playoff games to start RJ Barrett's, you know, playoff run those last nine playoff games, he averaged over like 20 points, five rebounds, three assists, and was fairly efficient in doing it and was pretty good defensively. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing that I think is important about this is that it would take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands in some way. And we've seen Jalen Brunson play with Luka Doncic before. He can certainly do it, but I think Jalen Brunson's probably, I I don't know. Is Jalen Brunson better than James Harden at this point? It's close. Like, yeah, they I are genuinely like, close. I think. I think the um, the highest highs of James Harden are still the best for me. Um, yeah. But also, like when you're looking at consistency night to night, like to me, part of what I think is important about the playoffs is it restructures how you view those highest highs and where a player is at. And I think for me, like, yep. Jalen Brunson very clearly cemented himself as as like a top thirty player in the league um, in the playoffs for me. Even with again with the Knicks bowing out still. Like he was so freaking good, um, especially in that calf series, man. Like, uh, yeah, I'm there with him. So yes, I, I, I would be is, there with you. 
is there a Knicks middle ground where you could do like Yvonne Fournier's deal and Emmanuel quickly and something else that works mm, for the Sixers? No, that it, it would not work for me as the Sixers. I, I don't think so either. That's why I'm like dr- genuinely like really struggling with this. Look, I, I think Emmanuel quickly is awesome. I've talked about that a lot before, but I'm worried a little bit about going as small as the Sixers would have to at that point with yeah. quickly and maxi together. Emmanuel quickly can guard up the lineup. He's a really, really good defender. I, I think quickly should have won six man of the year. Like I, I am. It, it's crazy to me that we're talking about like Emmanuel quickly extension numbers and people aren't th- like, th- I saw that, you know, good friend of the program here, Fred Katz pulled GMs or pulled, you know, NBA front office personnel. And it was like, yeah, you know, like he might get 18 to 20 a year. Guys, Tyler Hero got 30 million. Emmanuel quickly is better than Tyler Hero. Just straight. Like, I think he is. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, 100%. I think when you look all around, I would agree. So, but like, would you, if you're the Knicks, would you give up Grimes and quickly for Harden? I would just stay the course, honestly. I do think, I would to too. be fair, I think what is tough, um, I do still imagine they probably end up trading. And again, not source training. I imagine they probably still end up trading quickly this year um, or doing something to really change up that guard room yeah. because, like, we're just like we had all of the murkiness a lot of last year. He played as well as he did. Um, and I think it's very clear that he wants to be a starter, is deserving of being a starter. And if that's not going to happen in New York, it's happening somewhere else. So, I do think like you got to factor that in because it's, again, it's not just a straight up talent play, but at the same point, like I would probably rather still have the IQ and Grimes for sure. Especially with like, I mean, they went, they were very clearly not at their best when they didn't have Grimes healthy playing at his best. Yeah. All of this, by the way, is why I keep coming back to the Clippers is probably being the team because what I'm struggling with is who is motivated to do this, right? Like what team is motivated to go get James Harden? The Clippers, I think, are fairly motivated. I don't think Phoenix is. Like Phoenix has all of the ball-dominant players on planet Earth. Like I don't know why you would do this. Uh, Dallas, like, has Kyrie maybe if Kyrie leaves. But if I'm them, I would just rather pay Kyrie, like, Thirty-five million dollars, or something like that. Like I'd, re- yeah. and I don't know where Kyrie's going to get thirty-five million elsewhere. So that doesn't make a ton of sense. The Sixers can't offer it in free agency at the very least. So, like, who is motivated to do this? I don't really have an answer among the contenders unless Dame Lillard does not come available, and you move him to Miami, and then it becomes an argument between okay would you rather have norman powell terrence mann kobe brown first round pick or would you rather have tyler hero jaime jaquez caleb martin first round pick you know something like that Mm -hmm. right yeah and like that that doesn't tick boxes for the sixers to me so I don't know. This is this is all a very this is so weird. This is like kind of mind breaking to me on some level because I, I can't figure out who this benefits. Like I I don't I guess it benefits the Sixers to not lose him for nothing, 
but I also just can't see who this benefits, you know, as an arrangement here. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, I'm excited to get more information on it just because I, I don't really get it. Um, I'm not super understanding of like how we got here to a degree. Um, so getting anything else would be uh, greatly appreciated because I, I, I feel very unsure. Yeah. I would just like to know more about where this goes. Okay. Let's take a quick break and in 15 seconds, we'll be back and we will talk about, I guess let's talk about the Sacramento Kings next because I think the Kings are in an interesting spot. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So... When I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions, just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough Uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. All right, Mark. So Harrison Barnes signs. A three-year, $54 million extension. Basically an hour before we went live, something like that, right? Yeah. What do you think of that deal? We'll just start like on a base level. When you saw that he was re-signing in Sacramento for, what, $17 million a year, what does what does that say to you? 18, I guess it is. Okay. 
not to go too long on this, I do just want to say straight up, I think value-wise it's fine. I think last year might look a little funky, but I know um, just based on how consistent Harrison has been throughout his career, you know what you're going to get. Um, I think it's worth noting, like, it's funny enough, like, he is one of those players for me, and this is part of what we're going to be talking about, like, he is one of those players where, like, if he's not on the court, you notice it in a bad way because Sacramento just lacks somebody who was six seven, six eight that could dribble, pass, shoot, and defend some people. Um, but then also when you have Harrison Barnes defending the best wing on other teams, you're like, oh, that's Harrison Barnes defending the best wing on another team, especially now that he's, what, like 30, 31? Um so I think it's in the stage of like, to me, like there was a lot of, there were a lot of people who I knew were like, Oh, just, just let him walk. Don't pay him. I'm like, I think it's just a lot easier said than done to let him walk. If you don't know that you're getting a replacement right away, that is like comparable or at least bringing you something different. That's giving you a different look because I think like part of the reason why they struggled in the playoffs is like, he did not play well. Like he had a very poor series against the warriors. Honestly, I think if they get a solid series from him, they maybe win that. Like they, they were quite a few uh, Harrison Barnes missed shots away from, from winning a few of those games. So not to, obviously it's not that cut and dry, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I think just having that fifth player was a big different, different differentiating factor for them. Um, so again, in terms of the value, I think it's fine. You noted on Twitter that this is like the way that they paid him. He's still immediately eligible for trade. So th- this is this is not accurate, Mark. For what it's oh, worth. it's not. Uh, oh, yeah, no, this this is not accurate. I, I did miscounting. Uh, so this year, this last day of the league year counts as a year. Okay. And then they added three years, which means he's not trade eligible for six months. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel a little bit different about that then. Um. Okay. Here, while you. Well, you figure that out. I'll just mention okay. a couple of things here. Uh, it's interesting to me that the Kings very clearly decided to go down this road. I'm sure that there have been, look, I'm not accusing Sacramento of tampering. I'm not accusing anybody of tampering. I think that everybody talks around the league and tries to get an understanding of what's an option, what's available, what's not, right? I would imagine the Kings took a look at Draymond Green on some level right and decided is this a possibility my guess is that it's not and that he's probably staying with the warriors makes total sense retire a warrior all that stuff i think that is the smart move for draymond green the kings made a move at the draft to trade rashawn holmes in order to create space They attached the number 24 overall pick, which could have been very helpful to them in order to do so. That cleared about 35 million in space for them. This will take up, you know, something like 16, 17, whatever the number is to start his deal. Depends on how they structure it. I I think that the number, you know, in terms of what the lowest number is would be 16.6. And then the highest number it could start at is like 19. I think it's in that, it's in that ballpark. So to use up essentially half of your cap space in order to just re-sign Harrison Barnes is an interesting choice. 
to me, what that says is that they went out on the market, found that, you know, maybe Draymond Green wasn't going to happen. It also says to me one of two things. They could look to move somebody else. Maybe they look to get off of Davion Mitchell's contract or something like that in order to create a little bit more space and then look at somebody like a Kyle Kuzma in addition to this. I would be intrigued by like them signing Kyle Kuzma, even with Harrison Barnes being in the fold here. I think they could use like another wing shot creator, unless you think Keegan Murray is going to be ready next year to create shots. I'll hear an argument out for that. If you are a buyer in Keegan Murray long-term as a shot creator, you know, he'll be 23 next year, something along those lines. Like if he's going to do it, you might start to see real flashes of that next year. But if not, they could use another real big wing shot creator because Harrison Barnes isn't quite able to do that anymore. So I don't mind that. You could move the Davion Mitchell deal. I'm sure you could get, you know, I'm sure there were people, there are people out there that would take Davion Mitchell into their space, essentially, or into a trade exception. That would get you up to... 23 million in space, 22 and a half million in space. You get Kuzma up to like, you know, 499, 4102, something in that ballpark. Or you could re-sign Harrison Barnes and you could look into a Demonis Sabonis renegotiation and extension. And I wonder if that's more the route they go. Because Demonis Sabonis is currently on the books next year for $22 million. Let's say they add $10 million to that get them up to 32 million tack on three years to that deal. You can do three years in like 110 ish at that point. So you're giving him an extra three years, $120 million on his deal. That's probably about right for Sabonis, right? Like you get him up to 32 million to start, you know, you, you take the hit this year on that front and then, you know, the next few years you're in a pretty good spot on him, you know, multi-time all-star all NBA center this year. If you're going to build around Demonis Sabonis, I feel like that's probably the best way for them to use their cap space is to lock in on that number. Because if they don't resign Sabonis next off season, they are like totally fucked. So. Well, especially because doesn't, doesn't the number jump up to around forty million if they do it next off season instead of renegotiating now? Good, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. But I like, think here's one... the thing: you're giving him if you're adding on three years and you do it at like 110 or so because you're doing like you know an average of 35 moving forward off of the yeah. 32 you'd be giving him to start because you're giving him the extra 10 this year. You are essentially giving him 40, but it affects your cap a little bit less moving forward in future years. Yeah. So I'd rather do the renegotiation, honestly. And I do want to say too, like, just because I keep, I feel like it's been floated a, a lot, like even nationally, the idea like, Oh, well, what if they just sell high on, on Domas? And I just, I, I understand that some people are lower on him again. He was not great in the playoffs. Um, but I just think that that is awfully short-sighted. Um, the idea of, of doing that, um this like again i think well yeah exactly they actually can't do that yeah yeah like i just think it's again even without noting like constraints and whatnot like 
when you're looking at sack, like you can't not look at the last decade. Like it's they just now had their one season where they finally were able to claw back into being relevant and and doing something meaningful in the basketball court. I think the worst thing that they could possibly do is knee jerk and go crazy over it. Like I think part of the point in re-signing Harrison is like you mentioned, I'd, I'd imagine that they've heard, heard out and tried to see what they could actually have made shake. And I think that they're just kind of at the point right here, like, Hey, we made a lot of big moves in the last year and a half. We need to just keep staying stable and doing what we're doing. And does that mean we end up the two seed again? Probably not. But I think this is like you mentioned, like banking on Keegan Murray getting better, banking on, okay, can Davion Mitchell take another step and secure himself as a better offensive player this year? Um, or maybe if that doesn't happen, they flip him and try and move on from there and find something else out. Or, okay, like obviously they re-signed Kessler Edwards. It's still, that's a, that's a deeper shot, but I think the idea is that they want to work him into the rotation this year and become a real viable piece. Cause that was the kind of player they missed at times last year. Like, I think the idea here is to, is the long game for the Kings. And I think to be fair, like so often with the Kings, everyone has been annoyed because they don't play the long game. They try and do these cheap short moves that are going to budget uh, to bolster them in the media in the midterm or, or right now. And I think, I just think it's worth taking a breath being, Hey, we got to trust what they just did this last year. This is a different regime. This yep. is a different front office. Let's see how it goes. Um, it's not just a, like, like you don't just get to wash every year away. Like it's a compounded thing. I'm, I want to see what happens. I think that they still have something up their sleeve. Um, and even if they don't, again, like I think I, even with them trading out, I know a lot of people were mad that they traded out of 24 and I get it. I don't know of two picks. I liked more for a team outside the first round than Jalen Lawson and Colby Jones. Like I think those guys fit so perfectly in the Sacramento. Oh, I love you, Mark. I it's love so you, Mark. good. It's so good. Uh, like uh, seriously, like uh, yeah. No, so it, so know, let, let's. <laughs> so here's what I would say on that. Yeah. I, I am a little bit confused on that. Ultimately, no. I still agree. Like, a... I still don't like trading out of the 24th pick, but I do think like I just can't fully feel and evaluate that until I know what they're doing with the rest of the off season. Yeah. It's, it's and I had to do draft grades for today. Uh, and I literally wrote in their section, I was like, look, this is like an incomplete grade until we know how they use this space on some level. If it yeah. leads to a renegotiation and extension for Demonis Sabonis, where they get them under 35 million moving forward for the next three years uh, after this falling one. So they have them four years locked in. I think it's worth trading number 24 for that. Like truly I do. Um, I would have no problem with them moving number 24. If that's all that it leads to, you can figure out a Harrison Barnes trade later. You can figure out all the rest of this later. Um, the key pieces that you need to lock in are De'Aaron Fox and Damana Sabonis. If you do that, you've won. Um, what I would say is like, you bring up the idea of like her or Damana Sabonis being like disappointing in the playoffs. I don't disagree. And like, honestly, I do think there's probably a cap on how good you can be uh, with this core. But I also am somewhat worried that it's going to be a little bit hard to pivot out of this. I'm not worried about it. I I guess that like, I just don't think they have any other option at this point. I I think worried is the wrong word. The, The Kings just don't have any other option now. They have to lean into this. 
because they've built their entire roster around maximizing De'Aaron Fox and Devonis Sabonis. And that's okay. Like, I think they've done an exceptional job of that. And because of that, the Kings are in a drastically better place. Like when I talk to like agents about the Kings now, it's fine. Like they're, they, they have no real problem with the Kings. Like they trust money McNair. They trust, you know, what's going on in Sacramento. Now, if you go back a few years ago, that was not the case. And it's an enormous, enormous win for the Kings to have that organizational competency that Monty McNair in this new front office regime has brought in. So I I think you just have to keep leaning into it and going for it. And if that's all they got for the 24th pick is locking in Demonis Sabonis moving forward. Great. Cool. That was your goal. You've achieved your goals and organization and you can figure out the rest later. Like you have a winning team. No, by the way, like no lineup last year played more minutes together than the De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Demonis Sabonis lineup. Do you, when was the last time you could say the Kings had continuity? It's huge. Uh, this is great. I was like four. Like, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, in Nor- it, it, it's a big win. I have no problem with where the Kings are going. I think they did. As long as they continue to find another free agency option, it's fine. They're in a good spot. Can I say a free agent I actually really like for them? Please do it. Tweet about him today. Kata Bates Diop. It's a it is a poll, but I think it's worth noting. Like that is a guy who I think ends up like drastically outplaying what his contract is this year. Um, He is a good versatile player. Really good defender. I think the question is going to be how much he shoots for sure. It's gotten better. Um, but yeah, point being like he's six, seven, he's really long. He has functional strength. He can pass, he can dribble, he can drive, he can, he can score a little bit in, in a lot of different ways. I would love to see a team get them to be his, their like first forward off the bench. He places play a little bit of small ball five. Like he's, he's a good player. Very, very, again, random shot, but I had to get that in there. Ohio State legend. If I was them, yeah, an absolute king, icon. Um, If I was them, an interesting strategy for them would be looking, if you're going to lock into this roster, an intriguing strategy for them is looking into taking on the salary of a rookie scale player that is going to be extension eligible here next year or potentially even this summer that a team does not want to pay. Like, If you could move like a first round pick and Davion Mitchell or something, or like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't want to throw that out there. Like if you could throw something out there where you could get like an undervalued younger asset and you could just give up a pick for it for a team that's like looking to clear a little bit of cap space, looking to clear like 6 million in cap space and you like the player, like that's, that's an awesome idea to me uh, if I was them. That's what I would be trying to do. I think if I was them, Herb Jones, you are ahead. a Sacramento King. <laughs> no, that that's I know I'm he's going. They're going to pay New him. Orleans. Yeah, I know. I'm just fucking yeah, around. That's but it would be very fun. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's he's going. He's staying in New Orleans. Yeah. Quick quick aside on Herb Jones, like th- those things don't happen. Like you don't decline a 1.9 million dollar club option on Herb Jones unless you have like an understanding or an agreement with the agency on what the deal looks like moving forward yep. for him. That's just not the way it works. Herb Jones is going to be in new Orleans. I'd be 
stunned if something else happened like that completely blow me away um okay let's go to utah next the utah jazz are in an intriguing place now because i liked their draft i didn't love their draft I was very intrigued by the fact that they took Taylor Hendricks and then went on to get John Collins. The John Collins deal is like something you just kind of have to do if you're Utah, I think, because it's so cheap. Like you gave up nothing for him and he's a good basketball player. Like That's my exact thing I went to. Everything. as soon as I saw people nitpicking this, I'm like, dude, look what they gave up. I am – I think I've tweeted more about Rudy Gay in the last half decade than anybody has. He's my favorite player of all time. He's not – this is this is a salary dump. Like This is a salary dump with minimal stuff attached for John Collins. I cannot debate and get frustrated about the on-court fit when you are giving up next to nothing for a, a guy who I think can be a plus starter in the right situations. So like, that's as simple as it is for me with that. So yeah, you just have to go out and get a good player. In my opinion, like if you're Utah and there's a player available for like quite literally just cap space, like I'm good with it. And look, here's the other thing about Utah. Utah has enjoyed playing big. Well, yeah, years. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. You're good. Like last year, the Lowry Market and Kelly Olynyk Walker Kessler front court had a 121.2 offensive rating and a 114.1 defensive rating. The pre-deadline Lowry Market and Kelly Olynyk Jared Vanderbilt combination was a plus 2.2 per 100 possessions. Right. I think that that group of players. And then you throw in Taylor Hendricks, you throw in John Collins, you're in a very good position to stay big as much as you can. Like they're going to be able to play Lowry Markinen and Taylor Hendricks at the three. I would want Lowry on the court if I'm playing Taylor Hendricks at the three, because I would want another guy to be able to handle the ball and create things. Cause I worry about Taylor Hendricks early on in his career doing that. You're going to be able to go small with John Collins at the five next to Lowry, you're going to be able to go, you know, spacing with Kelly Olenek. You're going to be able to go in elite rim protection with Walker Kessler. I'm imagining that what Utah is looking at this as is no matter where we go moving forward now, we can play three of Taylor Hendricks, Lowry Markinen, Kelly Olenek, Walker Kessler, and John Collins together on the court at once. And that's probably a win for them. Like, truly, that, that is probably a win for them, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I think for me, too, like like you're mentioning, I, I, I feel like we've seen so much of the, oh, well, now there's too much positional overlap. And I just, like, did, not to sound crass, but, like, did you watch the Jazz play last year? Like, this yeah. team was comfortable playing a ton of different lineups And I love it because like you mentioned with Hendricks, like I think to me, the idea is like Taylor is very much somebody who I think comes in as 
as a versatile defender, I think it's going to take time for him to become a versatile offensive player. Like, but that's the sell, like becoming a guy who, who can maybe play three through five eventually if things really hit. Um, but I think that's why Utah is such an interesting landing spot for him. Like this, especially adding John too. And I think that's why it's exciting for John because like this offense plays with a ton of motion. They play with a lot of yep. like, they're trying to to do a lot of things to get stuff going out of their bigs, playing out of their bigs, playing out of their, their ability to, to find mismatches and be interesting with what they do in the front court. And I think that's interesting for Taylor's development, becoming a guy who's going to get a lot of opportunities to attack closeouts and, and, and try and put together more segmented stuff with his handle. Like, I think that's the idea for him. With Lowry, it's continuing to expand on what he's already done, becoming this offensive fulcrum. With John, I think you get, especially like playing alongside a, a, a pop five, like, like Kelly, like, okay, well, now you have the ability for him to really get to be used as a roller again. Like, that's what's been missing for him yep. in Atlanta. And I think, like, yes, they really need to help him up his volume as a three-point shooter and continue getting that going. But again, like, it's worth noting, like, whenever we start having these conversations about, like, oh, well, can this team do this? Can they do that? Like, it is, like, and I'm not just trying to sound contrarian, but, like, okay, how many teams have the versatility in the front court to eventually match up with a group like that? Like, a group that can really put out three very, very good floor spacers, somebody who can really attack the rim, a guy who is as capable of destroying mismatches like Lowry Markinen, like that's just it's it's not perfect yet, but like I get the idea and I really like it. Um, and I think what's so exciting too is like this could be a place where John really reestablishes himself, and maybe even if it doesn't work, like he's able to get flipped to somewhere else again. And I think it's less about that, but more like I do think this is a place where you can really see him potentially grow into. Um, what we had seen from him in the first couple of years. And like, it's worth noting too, like the defense really has been solid from him. Like, I still think that that is continuing to be underrated. Like, no, he cannot, he struggles playing in the five. That's whatever. But I think with what he was able to show in other spurts, like I'm just, I, I really liked this move for the jazz. I did too. I think it makes a lot of sense and I'm not as worried about the positional overlap as everybody else. Where I'm like trying to figure out where their direction is moving forward is in the backcourt. Yeah. And that is like a a little bit where I come to questions about their draft. You like Keontae George much, much more than I do. Right. Yeah. I I had him at like 26. Like I I don't understand it. It's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm confused about the Keontae George over Cam Whitmore pick on some level for myriad reasons that I don't really want to get into here, but I just want to know what their plan is. So both Talon Horton Tucker and Jordan Clarkson seemingly have opted in according to numerous reports here uh, moving forward. They have opted into player options for 14.2 million and 11 million. They can still be traded with those numbers because they have not signed an extension yet. The jazz can find a new home for Jordan Clarkson. I'd imagine it'd be pretty easy to find a home for Jordan Clarkson moving forward. Don't you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, it seemed like a lot of teams really wanted him last year, but he was happy to stay in Utah. Like, he's been pretty pumped to be there. And, um, frankly, he was just fun to watch. Like, he had an underrated, yeah. awesome year last year. For him. It was probably his best year of his career. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And if I remember correctly, I think Taylor Horton Tucker just re-opted uh, like opted in um, as well. Yeah. Um, 
I still don't. So like, do, you, I, do you just let those? Do you let those guys and Colin Sexton rock? Like, is that your? I think is that your be, plan here like, moving forward. I think part of what's interesting in that, um, interesting in, in like multiple directions. Um, I think the idea is kind of like, okay, well, we know that our guard play is going to sink us. We are not going to be a playoff team because of our guard play. I think that's kind of the point for them right now. Like, I think this the idea of this team is to continue to be like. Uh, have a lot of intriguing stuff, but like they're still here trying to work things out. Like, I don't think that they're like, obviously as we saw as the year went on last year, like that is not a team that I think was supposed to make the playoffs or was trying to make the playoffs. Like, um, so I think the idea is like, okay, well maybe out of this cloud of dust, we end up developing one of these young guards into somebody like, and I, I, I again, like I want to take stuff with more of a grain of salt. I do. I was pretty encouraged by some of the stuff we started to see from THT as you yeah. not that I think he's like going to be a, a, an insane starting caliber guard, but like, I, I like, again, like I just get the idea of like, okay, let's see what happens here. Like Ochai had a really good last like 15, 16 games, um, yep. getting to just be more comfortable and find his role. And um, I think like what makes them interesting too, because like, okay, even if let's say that we have all these really interesting front court guys our guards aren't really quite coming together, but we're ready to be taking a different step. Like, okay, well, what, like they have a lot of stuff that I think teams would be interested in trading for. Like they have a shit Agreed. ton of picks too. So I think like, they're just an interesting, interesting spot of like, okay, well let's say obviously not Donovan Mitchell, but like if it, obviously it's not happening, but like what if Jalen Brunson randomly became available or something like, or you just act, like, not that it's going to happen, but like, Oh, Hey, like what if we package together three firsts and like, THT and John Collins and like, Oh cool. We have Jalen Brunson now. Like that's again, like it's not that that simple, but you get what I'm yeah, saying. I, mean, I just think that there's, yeah, it's not going to be like Brunson. You're not using specific names. You're just saying like X. Yeah, like I think the point is they just, they have a lot of flexibility to move from where they're at right now. And of course that means like flexibility can, can get rigid over time. Um, but like with what they have right now, I think that that is, um, I'm just excited about what there could be. Like, it's still very much like a mold of clay, but I like what they've done. I'm fascinated by what they've done. I, I don't like or dislike it, I guess. Like, I, I'm just like genuinely really interested, I, I think is yeah. like, it, it's a direction that nobody takes. You Especially because I mean? it's so it, different from what Danny Ainge did last time he had to reshape did, did your voice just drop like is that yeah thing that just happened like <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> um no i mean like it's no. uh because it's funny i well not to not to get too deep but like i looked at the roster like when uh the marcus smart's very first start of his career um so like that's the like the shoot two years after boston starts their rebuild is like Marcus's rookie year. So that team is like, it's Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Tyler Zeller started, like Jared Sullinger. I can't even remember who played the three. Like Phil Pressey's on that team. Like point being, very, very different thing going on here in Utah. That It's easier to forget how dire some of those Celtics team teams were during Brad's first couple years. Totally. No, but like, so, so here's, here's this question here. The reporting on the Jazz, they want to make sure that their pick conveys to Oklahoma City in 2024 because they're much higher on the 2025 and 2026 NBA drafts. Look, th- their actions display that like 100%. I think that seems yeah. pretty clear. Like you don't go out and get John Collins if you're trying to tank, right? 
I personally think that's a great idea. Like if I was them, I would want that pick to convey ASAP because the 2024 draft at the top, at the very least, I think you would agree with me, Mark, is not very good, right? Not a lot of high-end talent there at present. So I think that is a really sharp idea. I think they should absolutely be going down that road. It's just the problem is that it's just kind of hard to, you're essentially saying that like, we're going to be bad for three years or like, we're going to be okay for three years. And here's the other piece of it that is very difficult. I think for the jazz look through the Western conference right now, how many teams would you say conclusively they are better than, because if that, that pick is top 10 protected next year. So you have to make the play in, in order for that pick not to convey. They, they would have to be better than, so like, here, I'll just run through teams, right? Do you think they are better than Denver right now? No. no. Do you think they are better than uh, Memphis right now? No. Do you think they are better than Sacramento right now? No. Do you think they're better than Phoenix right now? No. Do you think they're better than the Warriors right now? No. Do you think they're better than the Timberwolves right now? Probably no, but I am just so confused by the by the Wolves in, in a lot of ways, so who knows? Um, but I'd say no, yeah. Uh, do you think they're better than the Clippers? No. Do you think they're better than the Lakers? No, but also TBD because I have no idea what to think about their offseason potentially. I, I truly don't even think it's close if yeah. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on that roster and play – 50 games each. No, yeah, I agree um, that it's not close. I just mean like that. Yeah. Quote unquote, what if LeBron retires? I don't think it's going to happen, obviously, but like, yeah, it's just that. Yeah, no, the answer is no. Dallas. Probably not. I'd be pretty surprised, but also it is Dallas. So I'd be pretty surprised if this Utah team is better than a team with Luka Doncic next year, but like, We'll see what happens with Kyrie. I think that there is a question there at the very least. I would venture it's almost certainly Dallas, but the next two weeks could tell us differently. Uh, Now we get into the fun teams. Do you think they're better than Portland? That I actually don't think would be too crazy. Yeah, I think it's very possible, especially if they move Damian Lillard. Like there's a very real possibility Portland is like taking next year to do some different things. Uh, are they better than San Antonio? Yeah, I think so. San Antonio, like, I think Wemby is going to be amazing, obviously, but that young core is still figuring out a lot of stuff. Um, I'm interested yeah. by them. Like, I think they're a fascinating team, but no, I don't think that they're better than Utah. I think that the odds are that Utah will win more games than San Antonio next year, if only because I think I would be surprised if San Antonio plays Wembenyama like 70 games. Just, just like he, why would you do that? You know what I mean? You're not contending for a title next year. Bring him along somewhat slowly and like, don't, don't go crazy with this. Uh, finally, Houston. Do you think they're better than Houston? Yes. I think the odds are, unless unless Houston signs Brooke Lopez and Fred Van Vliet, I think the odds are they're probably better than Houston. So, like, 
we named 10 teams that we think they're like definitely worse than. And like even the four that they might not be worse than, there's a conversation to be had here. So I get why they're trying to get that pick to convey. But they might not be able to do it anyway, is kind of my point. And that's what makes this really, really hard for them moving forward. Uh, if they just keep winning, like, honestly, there will probably be teams that tank, even though that draft next year is terrible. Like, if they just decide to win in March and April, they can probably get to where they're on the precipice of the play-in, at the very least. I guess we didn't say Oklahoma. Did we say Oklahoma City? You, you think they're worse than Oklahoma City, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it, it's hard. They're in a very difficult position, and I think that I need to know more about where their backcourt is going to go. Like, I, I don't think they have a great long-term piece in the backcourt right now. And that's why I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe they were. Maybe they were hyper-aggressive trying to move up the board. But I, I would have been exceptionally aggressive trying to move up mm-hmm. to get like, you know, Asar Thompson, maybe like I would have tried to get a men Thompson. I don't know if Houston would have done that, but like I would have been like trying to move up to get Asar Thompson, like, or whoever you had as your top perimeter player, Anthony black, whatever, as much as I could have like given up nine, 16 future first bunch of seconds. Like I, I would have given up a lot to try and move up there just, or I would have given up a lot to move up from 16 to 10 to go and get like case and Wallace, Kobe Bufkin, whoever you have is like your best guard there. They might've moved up from 16 to 10 to get Keontae George, which is not something I agree with, but I would have tried to move up into that next tier of like guard talent, I guess is my point for them because that's what they need most. I think. Yeah, no, for sure. So, okay. Uh, I don't, I don't like, it's weird. Like again, like I gave Utah a B minus in a draft in draft grades today. And I was like, I don't hate this. Like, I think what they did is fine. They drafted at nine, 16 and 28. And they took the guys I ranked seven, 19 and 26. So from a value perspective, like I think it was fine. It's just, where's the roster going and where, where are we headed here in Utah? Uh, I'm not totally sure. Okay. And if I was them, like, I think that this draft was the one to be aggressive in because the 2024 draft is not one where you can be aggressive uh, because that draft might not have enough guys to be aggressive for. And then the 2025 draft, like, honestly, I mean, Mark, you've watched a decent amount of those kids, right? Yeah. Do you feel much better about that draft? Like, unless Cooper flag is in it. Yeah, no, not really. I don't think it's going to be an awesome draft. Um, but I think yeah. hey, that one is far enough away that I I would still – I'm not ready to give, like, a concrete opinion on it. Um, yeah. But – and uh, to be fair, too, like, I know it's easy to get caught up in, like, timelines and, and everything right now, but so much can change developmentally for guys on a team. Totally. So much can change developmentally in the draft. Like, as much as, like, we can know and have – opinions and thoughts on like i i just i just know things can change that quickly um not to play like yeah. devil's advocate or fence it but i think i used to feel like i could 
be better at projecting stuff out. And now I'm just kind of like, man, I just got to see, like I can have ideas, but um, it just depends. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like truly, like I am. It, it's, it's why like, I don't hate what they're doing. I, I don't love it necessarily, but I'm just like, this is fine. Like it, it's, they don't have better options really, in my opinion. Like the, the other thing they could try and do with their cap space this year is like create a little bit more. Like if you want to trade Taylor Horton Tucker into somebody's space or something, you could potentially try and like renegotiate and extend Lowry up too, which is mm-hmm. interesting as an option, given that they still have a little bit of space. I don't, I, I don't hate what Utah is doing at all. It's just like, I need to know more about the direction, I guess. Okay. Finally, I don't want to take a ton of time on the bulls because they're like a little bit boring, but like Nikola Jokic or Nikola Vucevic, good, not goodness, not Nikola Jokic. Uh, Nikola Vucevic signed a three-year, $60 million extension with the Chicago Bulls yesterday. And I guess my question is, like, what are the Bulls doing right now? Period. Mark. <laughs> like, what is yeah. their plan, I guess? Because, like, they've locked in this. They're just, like, running back, like, a 40-win team. Like, I get it if you're Sacramento, you're running back, like, the best team you've had in 20 years, basically since, like, the Chris Webber days. Why are the Bulls running this team back? Yeah, I think, to me, I wasn't too surprised that they re-upped them. Like, honestly, I think this number is fine for Vooch. Um, Like, I honestly think it's solid value. But I think, like, like we're talking about, like, in terms – like, this team just is so not it. Like, this is – no. Like, we don't need to see this team again. I don't want to see this team again. I will be pretty annoyed – if they run this team again. Um, I think the point is more so like they can't really, I mean, as much as um, it's, I mean, it's clear that that trade has not worked out for them um, the way that they had hoped. Um, You don't say Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But at the same point too, like they can't just let him walk for nothing. Like, I think that it, I just don't like, I, there are just very few cases where I feel like it is like serviceably okay to let somebody walk for nothing from your team. Like, even if it winds up, like we trade him at the trade deadline. Like, I think that you just cannot let somebody just walk for nothing, especially when it's like talking about a player who is like making uh, above the MLE. Because I think when you look at it, even if um, again, like not that it's like some perfect fit, but like, okay, when, if we're starting to pivot towards rebuilding or just, trying to pivot somehow like can we trade you like you just talked about with 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 uh with just trading for 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 filler back like okay like what if we can just get two players back if obviously like not that we're getting something incredible but like okay it's helping us go into a different direction at least and then you can go from there because i think it's almost in some ways like yes it's great to have the free agency space but also like we need shit to work with right here because we can't really just afford to let this dude walk for nothing. Um, I just, so, so here's, here's my question about, cause like you're essentially saying to maintain the asset value of Nikola Vucevic, yeah. right? Does, does he have asset value on a three year, $60 million deal? I think it's probably bigger than people would expect. Like, I don't think that there's no asset value in that. Who is going to trade for Nikola Vucevic for like a significant asset? on that deal in six months 
Well, I think my point, like, I don't even think that it's a substantial asset. Like, I should have phrased it differently. Like, I think, like, cool, you're getting a player back that is on a similar contract. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I don't think you're getting pick capital. I don't really think you're getting, like, tons back. But to me, I would rather have the option to trade for a player who gives us a different option than just letting him walk. I guess. Because, like, to me, I, I I'm just I, – who am I signing in free agency that is not – again, not even that they wouldn't be able to do something different for the team or, or be better. But, like, I just – I think it's almost – I would rather keep Vooch to try and pivot from there um, than to so just here, try here, and – Here's the thing that's, that's hard with the Bulls. I think that they really ended up in a shitty spot because of the Lonzo injury. I did not hate that summer of signing Lonzo and signing and trading for DeMar DeRozan and signing Alex Caruso nearly as much as everybody else did. I thought that was fine. Like I thought, I thought the Nikola Vucevic trade was a fucking nightmare from the moment that it happened. Like I have no idea why they made that move, but once you had made that move, I thought all of those things that they did made total sense. The Vucevic deal is going to go down as I think one of the worst trades of the 2020s. Like, you know, we have seven more years of that, but I don't think there's been a, a worse trade in the 2020s yet in three years, right? They gave up yeah. a better player in Wendell Carter, who now is signed to a better deal for the next three years. They gave up two lottery picks, one of which became Franz Wagner, who I think you agree with me is an all-star in the future, right? Yeah. I think... So, like, people are bringing up the Rudy Gobert deal. Maybe. Like, it's it's genuinely close in terms of, like, the value proposition here, I think. The Gobert deal, deal, like, they gave up more, but we'll see what those picks end up being, I think, is the thing. They gave up two lottery picks and a better center who's signed to a better deal now long term. That's bad. Like that's a hot, if the capital, if the draft capital for the Gobert deal does not end up being super high, that's a worse deal, I think, for sure. And for a worse player in Nikola Vucevic, by the way, than we, than what Rita Gobert is. So it's close. I, I think you guys are right to bring it up, but like it's close. Um, I can I, I do just want to say though, because I, I feel for Bulls fans, like I get the, the angst i do too and well, let me let me follow this up because that that's kind of where i'm going here i i really feel for bulls fans because i feel horrible after that summer which went super well demar Derozan, the first half of that year really the first full year he was there was incredible lonzo ball the first half of that year before the knee injury i think people forget how good he was he was amazing that year, like truly incredible that season. He was averaging like 15 points, five assists, five rebounds, shooting 40% from three on seven three-point attempts per game. And oh, by the way, playing like all defense team level defense. This team dra- looks drastically better with Lonzo Ball if you can predict that he is able to play. Unfortunately, I don't think you can predict that anymore. It seems like based on reporting, he's going to miss the rest of this year. And his career is like totally in flux now, right? Like that's where we're at here. And it, it's literally the worst thing 
that it's like the saddest thing to me that's happened in basketball in the last couple of years because it's Lonzo the, is a yeah. yeah go ahead I mean this is like the closest we've had to Brandon Roy since Brandon Roy happened um obviously yeah. not the same level of talent but like in the same principle of like this guy is hitting his prime uh, to now he's just not playing um and like I genuinely like I just I just hope he's able to play again I don't even know what that's going to look like um like hearing the front office just come out immediately and be like, yeah, we don't think he's going to play next year. This early in the off season is like, that's jarring. Um, so I, that's, it's very, it's, it's just sad, man. Um, and I think, yeah. uh, first of all, Jesus Christ, our chat is wiling out. I'm trying to not even read that. Um, no, I love it. The- <laughs> so, well, here's, here's, here's where I'll go with that though. Now that, we know that you can't trust Lonzo anymore. Unfortunately, like it's sad and it's the worst thing that's happened in basketball for me in the last like five years, probably like the saddest thing, at least not getting to see Lonzo ball, like blossom into a guy that truly impacts winning basketball on an exceptionally high level. It's incredibly sad, but you have to pivot at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. Marta Rosen is on an expiring deal. Like you, you probably aren't good enough to really make hay. And I feel like they're acting like that 40, like the 50 win team they were going to have when Lonzo was the point guard around these guys is like still achievable. And I just don't think it is without Lonzo. Like they're capped out. They don't have their great point guard. You have Zach Levine and Damar who are getting older. Like I, I, I think both of them are great, but like Levine has had knee problems, you know, unfortunately Damar is what going to be 34 this year. Yeah. Hmm. So it just sucks. Like the whole thing sucks. And I think that you kind of just have to like pivot out kind of like Washington did and move forward. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But again, like again, I think it's just like even more on the you have to. I don't know. I still just think they need to get something back instead of just the plane letting him walk. I agree completely on pivoting out, um, because it's, yeah, it's not great. Um, but exactly like you mentioned, like I just, I th- I think to me this entire thing with the Bulls is like it. It's not the same as the Kings. Sabonis was a better player than than Vooch. Um, and that's just, those are just two very different deals, but I do think it just, I just struggle with some of the authorities, the wrong way to put it. Um, but the, um, sheer like solidity that people talk with on like this trade, this, this trade, that like, you just don't have control of some of these things. Like, I still think to me, if let's say this stuff never happened with Lonzo, which again, big if, but like, I do think when, like in some ways, especially with where the bulls were at, with where the Kings were at, like you kind of have to make some shit trades just to shake things up and get into a different direction. Like to be fair to the bulls, like things were not working with Wendell in, in Chicago, like his confidence was shot. That's Jim Boylan's fault. So I'm not trying to put it on our tourist car initiative and that, and that front office, but like, I like, Again, like 
exactly what you're saying. Like you have to pivot off of that as soon as it stops working. But like, um, I don't agree that the initial Vucevic trade is what killed the organization. Um, but like, I just it, it didn't I got, it didn't kill the organization. It was just a terrible deal. Like you, yeah, you can no, pivot out of that deal, and, and and they they did a good job pivoting out of it that summer. It's just that now it's gone to shit because of Alonzo's injury. Yes, exactly. My that's that's the point. Like I just sometimes your gambles do not work because of injuries and things that you can't control and yeah it happens um but they got to do something different and better because this is not it it's not it and i guess that's why i go back to vooch now and this is where we'll finish like the vooch issue for me is they have this guy who they were not competing last year. They should have moved him at the deadline, in my opinion. Like that, this is teams do this all the time. Washington did it with Kyle Kuzma this year. Kyle Kuzma would have been one of the most popular trade deadline targets of any team in the league. And they decide not to move him. And now there's a good chance they're going to move him for, they're going to lose him for nothing. They're not going to lose Vooch for nothing. Like they're going to keep him. It's just like, I kind of think that there's real value in pivoting to a tank and like getting the pick value that comes with a tank. The problem is for the bulls. And this is where things get really shitty for them because they traded the 2025 first round pick for DeMar DeRozan. uh, They have a protected pick out in 2025 and the 2024 pick is not that valuable as we discussed because the 2024 draft is just straight up. Not that valuable. So they either have to like pivot into a four-year tank, essentially, or they have to be just like fine for a couple of years. And I don't know. It feels like that's not a Jerry Reinsdorf thing, first and foremost. And then if they do that, this front office probably does not survive that. Yeah. So... I don't know that I, genuinely. I don't know. There's a if it, there's a team in a worse position right now than the Bulls. Actually, like the more I think about this, like and try to like game this out, I actually don't know if there's a worse team, like in terms of long term trajectory than Chicago because they can't win 50 games with this roster. We think, right? Yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if they did. It'd be pretty stunning, and then they're also kind of locked in at this point, right? Like the only thing you can do is move Levine and move DeRozan and try and pivot out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's pretty clear, like they have to move one of those guys, but before the season starts, like they cannot have these three back next year. If you're the Lakers, would you have done something like, Again, this can't happen now, but could you have done something like Bamba Beasley, Max Christie, and Jalen Huchifino for DeMar DeRozan? I think I would think about it at least. Um, yeah, it's it's not. That, they can't that just, do it. Like It's a total hypothetical yeah. that actually can't happen now, but I'm just like kind of spitballing. I mean, I think I- – I'd like to think I would do it. I think I would do it if I were the Lakers. And if you're Chicago, you get two good young players, and that's probably worthwhile. 
Uh, I don't know if I'd want to do that one as a Chicago. Um, like that one's that's tough to swallow. Like we're giving you up for two twenties, like that two guys who got picked in the twenties that like maybe if we're lucky become starters in the league. Like that, that's tough. Um, yeah. It's not ideal. I'm just like, do you think he gets more than that on an expiring from anybody else? If you try and pivot out though, I think (sighs) maybe he might. Yeah. Honestly, I'm willing to hear the argument. Like he could. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Honestly, just because like playoff resume makes it tough. Um, I don't know how much teams would weigh that. Um, I think just in terms of having somebody who can create shots still at the at that high of a level like he can. Um, I do think Here's the last one I'll, I'll, I'll throw yeah. at you because um, I have to run here momentarily. For sure. Um, someone put into my Twitter mentions, and I'm sorry, please let me know and I'll shout you out on the next show. Someone put into my Twitter mentions, what if you did Anthony Simons for DeMar DeRozan? What does that do for Portland? Like you now have a starting lineup of Scoot, Lillard, Demar. <clears throat> you keep Jeremy Grant. Maybe you go find a different center. Then you have Shaden and you know Matisse Thybul coming off the bench. I don't like hate it, but I'm at. I think like to me, I I'm not trying to sound like a killjoy. I think this is kind of the ship has sailed for me with Portland in a sense. Um, Like I think, I think that DeMar is a good bit better than Simon's that could change this year. Honestly. Um, Like yeah. I, I still think DeMar is incredible, but um, I, uh, Might I think make that Damian one is Lillard, like, like quite happy. Cool. But like, what does that do overall for us? Like, does that really like I just I struggle with where they're at as I want um, I want them to be a super competitive team around Dame because I love Dame. And honestly, I think I'm kind of tired of people bitching about Dame, like bitch about the people reporting about everything. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, he's not just hopping up at every opportunity to be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's annoying. Um, Just be less online, in my opinion. Uh, That's helpful. Um, but I think when you're looking at that, like, okay, I still think that that's a, if they're lucky, a a four or five seed, you know, like, and maybe, so to me, like, I think that the move would have been like, okay, make something shake before the draft or at the draft or, or maybe you package Simons with something to make something bigger. And I really like Simons. Like, I think Simons is going to be a fantastic player. I think he's a future all-star um, the growth that he made in the last year was really promising. I think he continues to get a little bit better defensively, still not great on that end, but, um, I, I mean, I think it's clear, like it's a lot of the same stuff as what happened with, with Dame and CJ, like that group, just, there are limitations in that. Um, and <sighs> it's confusing. All right. It's tough. All right, Mark, tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people, uh, Tell the people what's going on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler. Got plenty of stuff going on. Um, the, the best thing to do is just follow me there. Keep up with my work. Um, I appreciate being back. I'm excited to continue doing more stuff. I will be uh, finally moved into Atlanta in the next 
week or two, which is exciting, but also like kind of like, whoa, that's kind of wild. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a blast. <laughs> All right. Go to The Athletic. Subscribe to my work over there. I did draft grades earlier today. I think I'm going to have a 2024 mock either today or tomorrow, something like that. Uh, keep it locked here. Go uh, read my work. Yeah, that's all I've got. Until next time, we'll talk soon.